you have any tricks up your sleeve, better get them ready now. Hello and welcome to Hosts of Ascalon, a Guild Wars 2 podcast, where two enthusiastic fangirls finally have time to play together. We did! More than once! (laughs) More than once! I'm Hashtag and I'm joined by Alona. Hello, Alona! Hello! It was so good to have time with you this week. I really enjoyed it and I hope it continues. Me too. Before we get started, a reminder that you can get in touch with us with questions, comments, or just for funsies by emailing us at hostsofascalon at gmail.com or on Twitter at hostsofascalon. First up is Chivos, where we go over what we've been up to in Guild Wars 2. Alona, would you like to start us off? Sure. And I'm going to start with ostensibly the most important thing, mm-hmm. Funko Pops. I have all three and they are delightful. They really are. I have loved looking at your photo of them on Twitter. (laughs) So good. I'm very happy. And you know how I, when I was talking, when Joko came in and I was saying the only thing is because he's so top heavy, he like tips over constantly. And so I had to lean up and you said, well, sometimes you have to get a stand for those Mm -hmm. ones. It comes with a stand, but I did not know that it was still in the case. Inks, um, commented the next day on twitter he said oh make sure you get the stand out of the out of the box that it comes with (laughs) because he had also almost accidentally threw out the stand and had to like fish it out and get it so and then the next day i saw him telling someone else don't forget the stand (laughs) so he was just he was on stand duty (laughs) there you go somebody's got to do it helping all the joko funko pop havers so I really like um, not only the Funko Pops themselves, which are fabulous, but I think they did a really great job with the in-game minis. They did. Um, I remember seeing, I think it was a That Shaman Twitter post talking about how the they're the highest polygon minis in the game, these three. Ooh. And their audio is adorable. Ritlock kind of goes, eh. <laughs> I didn't realize there was audio. There's audio. I can't. Re- I don't know if I've heard Joko's yet. Uh, I can't remember. What does what, Orin do? Oh, I can't remember right now. But I actually really like Ritlock. Just like, eh. <laughs> like this little, <laughs> this little growl. <laughs> it was really cute. We were on together a couple of days ago, and uh, we decided to dress alike. So we both oh, yeah. uh, put on the new friendship outfit and then um, we decided we were going to have the same mini out. Uh, but Alona got her Funko Pop Orin out and I got my, you know, normal Orin out. And it was really cute to see what they had changed with the Funko Pop Orin and how they had made it a little stylized. And it was just so cute. I think the word is adorbs. 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 So aside from that, I got the... So going back in time, I got the annual for the Lunar New Year uh, completed. Mm -hmm. So that was nice. So that's, you know, 50 AP. And then you and I went into Silver Wastes the night before it went away Mm -hmm. to run run a full full bit of Silver Wastes and get our magic mind up super high before we opened our divine envelopes. And I think I got up to 888% magic find. Really, really good. Yeah, you were higher though, weren't you? No, I think I was in the 700s maybe. Hmm. So, and I think when all was said and so I took tally, um, I I made 220 gold opening them. 
oh my gosh. But but how much did you spend yes, on them? That's the thing. So I think I think I netted like a hundred gold maybe when when it was over. Hmm. Maybe a bit more. I don't know. But still, like it was it and and it was really fun to play in Silver Race. Like we mostly was it indigo we stuck at or blue? Uh that is, is that is blue. It is blue. Oh, I thought there indigo. was like indigo and blue. No, no. Shows how much I silver waste. <laughs> Yeah, we we uh, did a little bit of a of a riba. We went around the map and then we stayed at Blue at Indigo and finished up there. I was hoping to get. Uh, I had something in my bag that needed to get the illuminated cloud for um, right. something luminescent armor thingy, Bob. Uh, but I didn't realize that it had already been activated. So I didn't actually need to keep this thing in my bag anymore. And I had already completed it. Uh, also, there is indigo and blue. Festy's backing me up. Wait, red, indigo, blue, amber. Woo! What? I'm what taking this I as a victory. Mean? You are right. Indigo's in the middle, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah, because it's red off to the corner. Indigo's in the middle. Blue is the one where I usually hang out. And amber is the one with the verdant brink entrance. Oh, boy. Never doubt Festy, but always doubt Alona. (laughs) Always doubt. Hashtag. Wow, I can't believe I missed that. In my mind, I was thinking like, well, indigo Indigo and blue are almost the same color. Yeah. Uh, (laughs) So we got that. And then uh, I did... Prior to this, okay, now we have to go back because this <laughs> happened before. I did Shadow in the Ice and I mm-hmm. didn't marathon at all. So the night that it or the day that it dropped, I did about half of it. And then I was, wasn't was able to play the next two nights. So I finished it up on Friday. And I it, this was partly on purpose. I thought, you know, we're not, we didn't have to get it done for a show the next night. And so mm-hmm. I thought, you know what, I'm not going to marathon. I'm just going to like take it casual and just do a little bit take a break finish it off and not just marathon and and mondo consume Mm -hmm. so i i really enjoyed it from that point of view we'll talk a little bit later on 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 our thoughts specifically but yeah i just spent uh, time exploring the new map and just just chilling and i separate from that i did some poff map completes on one of my alts i i don't think my guardian has the POF specialization yet. So I'm I'm working on getting that. Okay. Or or is it I don't know I no, I don't have the specialization. Also I'm trying to make progress on the um the weapons. Well now that you have um done a bunch of dub dub, you might be able to turn in some of your uh I can't remember if it's proof of heroics or the scrolls or whatever you can turn in for mastery points for that uh that character and level them up faster Mm. when it comes to their specialization cool oh and i just that made me realize one of the things i had it and then you said that and now i've forgotten what it was i did something oh uh i did that i finished up the nest achievement for uh sun's sun's refuge what i i I didn't have it done so i finished i didn't have it well there's a lot to do (laughs) hashtag so i got that done so that was great. Uh, <laughs> I got a lot of achievements done actually this last wow last little while. Yeah. Old school. And then I started breaking out by day because I started writing stuff down in my calendar that I have on my desk. <laughs> <laughs> so Thursday we both were on and were able to play together. 
and you were doing the uh, Desert Highlands Treasure Hunter. Yeah. And I'd never done the treasure hunt. So we just tootled around and did that. And that was a lot of fun. Yeah. It was actually the first time I think I have done it myself. I have around, I would say, 60 maybe treasure hunting kits in my bag. And I happened to be in Desert Highland. It may have been the daily for something. I don't know. So I was there and the, uh, you know, it popped up on the map that it was time for the treasure hunt. And I thought, you know, what? I don't think I've ever done this. So we did it. And, yeah. you know, it was it was fun. Yeah. I don't think the rewards were that great, but we did do. it. It was something to do. And then we, I said, I, I, we were chatting. And I said, you know, I think I'm just, I'm going to make Meteorologicus. And so I started doing the stuff. You were doing something else. And I was just tootling mm-hmm. around and make, starting to do what I could make. And then I realized, uh-oh, gift of battle. And I had nothing in the gift of battle reward track. Like I didn't have any progress in it at all. You didn't even know there was a reward. I track. did. I've done it before. <laughs> I had forgot uh, that there was a reward track. <laughs> I I had known at one point. So uh-huh. I said, "What color are you in World versus World?" Because we're not on the same world, and we we just so happened to be the same color. So we went into Edge of the Mists, and I think I'm gonna let you talk about this one a little bit more because I think I have more to talk about. <laughs> We had a really great commander who helped us out. Um, I can't Talon's remember. Hatred. Talon's Hatred. And I think that their tag so was demon something. Um, but this commander was so organized. I've never seen a more organized commander in Edge of the Mist. They had a couple of mesmers great in their guild. Mesmers. And so we were basically mesmering around the map moving very quickly taking objectives it was very organized uh they were pulling everybody together looking out for the tail of the of the group of the squad and when you're in edge of the mist your participation is a little bit lower than when you're in ww proper so it's not always the best place to go for participation but because we are moving so quickly and taking down objectives really fast it made it made sense to be there sometimes when you go over to the regular maps for WW. If there's not an active map happening, it can be hard to keep your participation up, or you know, it can just be kind of slow. So this was was kind of a a fun. I don't know that we spent. We probably spent like an hour, hour and a half there. It wasn't that long, but I don't think it, it was felt an hour like and a half. we we. I actually made really. We had a bunch of buffs on, and I leveled up twice, maybe three times. I think three times I leveled up and. Uh, got a bunch of rewards so it was pretty great yeah and I, I I got about one or two bubbles and then I remembered oh wait I have tons of potions in from doing world versus world dailies like big spender or master monuments or veteran creature no yes uh-huh yeah and so I had enough that I got halfway through the reward track so that was that was good and I was, I, you don't get as good of reward track rewards in Edge of the Mist, but at the same time, that was such a great experience. Like they, they knew what they were doing and it was a lot of fun. It was fun. Yeah. And then Sunday, so I, I hadn't been able to play on Saturday, but Saturday at all, but Sunday, I basically did all world versus world all day. And <laughs> I, I mostly, I, I escorted Dolyaks. Like a bunch. <laughs> I'm kind of surprised. So I've done Doliac escort myself, and I feel like it's hard to keep your participation up in the up in the 
highest level, like the 195 plus experience. Oh, it, it so, wasn't super. It wasn't that high. But there was also there's the one uh, camp or what have you where two Dolyaks come out basically at the same time. And then at one point they branch off and one goes to the garrison and the other one goes down to the this other place. I don't know the names of world versus world. So I was able to tag both of them and get gold on both. Uh-huh. So that was nice. But then I did get in with a squad and it they were very effective. Like they were just zerging all over the place and being very, mm-hmm. very effective. So I was able to get a fair, fairly big chunk done, like almost, I, I think I only have about a quarter left after all that. And then Monday evening, I did more <laughs> World versus World. <laughs> And this one, I got into a really fun group. I wouldn't, like, we were only about 10 or 12 people. So there was a lot of coordination with other other uh, squads on the map. Uh-huh. I wouldn't say we were the most effective, but I did get into Discord chat with the, the squad leader, uh, Eldrick Manier was their name. And everyone in this chat was just so friendly and helpful and just... I actually think I'm going, they said they, they regularly meet up on Mondays and there's not Mm -hmm. an awful lot of people in the guild that are on on Monday. So I think I'm going to try meet up with them more often because it was a lot of fun, not super effective. (laughs) Well, no, I think, but I think that was more me. (laughs) No, no. I think you're, you're really onto something there because I think uh, if you can find a group in Dovey Dub, that's one half of the equation. But if you can also find a group that, is a lot of fun on discord or whatever voice comms you're using that adds so much to the experience Mm -hmm. i think my favorite time and i think i may have talked about this on the show uh, gosh like two years ago maybe my favorite time that i've ever had in dubby dub was with a group um and uh, it might have been fa i can't remember what map what um uh zingy bob we were (laughs) wow can't remember names um might have been for aspenwood but they uh the commander was so much fun and we were in eternal battlegrounds and we were really fighting against other guilds it wasn't just uh you know fighting doors we were actually doing real fights and this commander was so fun and everybody was really into it so he would have different formations that we would do. So we would have like a flying eagle where we'd have, you know, one person at the front leading and then everybody else was spread out in a in a V formation. Um, and then we'd, we'd go into the enemy and then we would totally decimate the enemy doing completely random things. Like there was hmm. one one time when we went in as a blob which is kind of normal, you know, like get all your buffs together. We went in as a blob and then we spread out immediately into a straight line. And it was just like, they did not know what to make of of it. And and then we reformed. And so it was just a lot of fun formation play. And I think like when you can add that, it adds another layer to Dovey Dub where it's not just going around the map, taking down doors. Yeah, there was one I can't, I'm trying to remember if it was, I don't think it was Garrison. I think it was, we were in EB and it was Stone Mist, but I can't, I'm not hundred percent sure, but like there is just this huge uh, blob of enemies in there taking down. It must've been uh Garrison because taking down our, our uh, Lord there hmm. or somewhere. I can't remember now. It was Monday. It was a long time ago, <laughs> but, but like there weren't that many of us and we were like, like get the tail, get the tail, get the tail. Okay. Back up, back up, back up. <laughs> 
okay, kite them around. <laughs> like, it was just, and it was like probably 45 to an hour, 45 minutes to like an hour and a half of just in this one area and making zero progress. I love it. But it was a lot of fun. So yeah, I'm, I'm kind of looking forward to, to doing that more on Mondays. And then, so of course I parked myself off to one side uh, and to get my participation down, let it go down um, through attrition. But I, I can't, because I can't remember, there's a way to cash it out and I can't remember. I'm pretty sure they introduced a way and I can't remember how to do it. So anyway, by the time I came back, I had been booted out of the game because I hadn't moved in enough time. And I logged back in thinking, okay, I have my gift of battle now. I'm going to make Meteorologicus and you happen to be on. So we were chatting through this and I was telling you about how on Sunday, I kept trying to make the gift of energy and the gift of weather. And there were elements of that. And I had all the elements and I kept putting them into the Mystic Forge, all the types of dust and things would gray out and it wouldn't make. And I was getting so angry and I was trying to make the other thing and it wouldn't go in like in my gift of battle or no gift of um, the one gift you have to buy. And then it's part of something else. No, it was um, gift of claws. No, it's no, it's an element of it in any event. Uh, it just wasn't showing up at all as a thing that could go in the forge. And I was like, this is broken. Everything's broken. I was about to tweet out. And then when I was chatting with you, I thought, I'm just going to check the wiki rather than using efficiency, the, the efficiency checklist I was looking. And the two things that couldn't get made in the forge were crafted. And then <laughs> I just like felt like a complete idiot because <laughs> it was very simple once you actually know how to do things. And now uh, I have Meteorologicus. And because I made that, that's my fifth legendary. So I got an achievement for making five legendaries. So yay. Mm-hmm. yay. I just remembered, I think, um, when you were talking about letting participation eke out, mm-hmm. um, was that part of adding the new um, the new hangout area? You know how there's the, the new um, elite area? What do you call it? So, you know, like how we have uh, the mist um, area or the it, not um, words. Um, no, but the Royal Terrace. saying that you don't lose participation. It's still there when you go back to world versus world. Well, well, right. right. I should know. I, mean, I, I should have just I, done that. <laughs> well, no, I know. But you wanted you wanted to get all of your participation out. I think was the issue. No, I, I, I didn't need or, to. I just oh, didn't want to lose it. Oh, oh, no, I could have told you that. Yeah, yeah. Oh my gosh. Never mind. All right. And then (laughs) finally, yesterday, um, it was supposed to be guild missions, but I completely forgot about it and just realized it while I was doing uh, show notes that I ghosted guild missions by accident. I'm a terrible guild leader. Holding you personally responsible. Yes. I should be held personally responsible. I'm a terrible person. (laughs) And on that note, what did you do in game hashtag? So uh, I did most of the things that you did, uh, mm-hmm. as we have already discussed. We played a lot together this week. I did the Shadow in the Ice story uh, about a week after it came out due to travel. So I didn't get home until Saturday after it launched. And mm-hmm. I did it that weekend. Uh, and it really, I was worried about waiting to complete it, that it would it would feel like I had missed something or I would be spoiled, uh, but that didn't happen. I was able to go in and get everything done. It was almost better. You know, when you go in 
and you're completing it on the night, you have to silence the map or other things because you might hear something you don't want to hear. Yeah. Uh, but when you go in a week later, nobody's really talking about anything <laughs> in the map that's spoilerish. So it wasn't a big deal. Uh, and um, yeah, I've got it done. And we're going to talk more about that in a little bit. Mm-hmm. I have been working through the meta achievements for Shadow on the Ice. Good for you. I'm about halfway done. There's there's a lot. There's 37 achievements. So I should get them done in about three years. Yeah. Um, what's good about the achievements is, or maybe, well, I guess depends on your view. A lot of the achievements <laughs> are for basic events that you just have to grind. Mm-hmm. So I have, I have a lot of those left. I have a lot of the easy achievements done. I have all of the light puzzle achievements done and the light puzzles you get an achievement for doing every single light puzzle and then you get an achievement for doing all of the light puzzle each light puzzle three times uh so i finished that um i'm impressed <laughs> but i don't have there's still ones that are like you have to do 20 codan events in this area and you got to do this in another area you got to do uh i think you have to do 20 total of the um the different spirit events so the uh reminds me of your dragonfall a bit yeah a little bit and i guess what i really like about it is i'm in the map a fair bit now because i'm working on this and it just feels very rewarding like i'm constantly getting little notifications that i'm making progress towards certain achievements nice so it, it doesn't feel like i had to do a lot of tough stuff and you know i'm tired of the map Yet, it still feels like I'm getting rewarded for just hanging out and doing things, which is the way it should be. Um, in addition, I even got brave. Uh, even. Even doesn't work. Let's cut that. Uh, <laughs> I led the storm meta one night in Bajora Marches. There was a daily for uh, the daily storm. And so I logged in. I wanted to get it done. And it was an empty map. I went on LFG and tried to get into an active map and they were all full. Um, and in, in that time, while I was kind of trying to do that, two of the shrines were taken out. And then I realized, okay, you know what? This isn't going to happen unless I do something about it. So I tagged up and uh, put the, put the squad on LFG and within I don't know, a minute, my squad was completely full. The map was full and we all rallied together and protected the shrine and made it through the meta and did the stuff. So it was really great. Got the achievement done, the daily achievement and uh, felt really good to be Catmander hashtag. Yeah. And then finally, <laughs> I I ticked over 22K, I think about a week ago. So I'm I'm actually well well on my way to uh, past 22K. I want to say I'm like 100 plus nice. past it. Uh, so I have been making what I want to say is exponential progress in the past couple months, uh, two months, <laughs> one That's month a and a half. Okay. <laughs> po- well, I say post post uh, Christmas break because that was when I had to take time off. Um, but then when I got on, I feel like I've gotten on and I've made up a lot of ground. Uh, and, um, which means that I am gaining on Frick. So watch out Frick because 
I feel like last summer I was 5K behind and now I'm 4K behind. So, <laughs> dun, dun, dun. Uh, yeah. And, and, and you, you uh, low-key even have someone close to Frick rooting for you, but not really, but sort of. I don't know who you're talking about. <laughs> no idea. No yeah. idea. So uh, it's fun. Love it. Yeah. And uh, that's what I've been up to. And now it's time for Posts of Ascalon, where we recap the news for Guild Wars 2. And boy, there was a lot of it since the last show. So we're not going to recap the full, either the full January 28th or February 11th patch notes this time around, because uh, we would be here all night if we did all night, all night. We're still going to be here all night. So hang on to your hats, folks. We might still be. We're going to have, we might have to start talking fast. (laughs) so we have the january 28th and sort of february 11th notes we we combined them shockingly not including any of the black lion stuff (laughs) just kind of just just the important parts here people we have stuff to talk about so living world shadow in the ice came out january 28th when brahm ritlock and kresha all go missing the commander travels through the western mountains path western mountain pass to find them on the other side lies a frozen lake steeped in norn history and the terrifying foe that calls it home so we're going to take a break right now and say tell our somewhat spoilery thoughts about the the story yeah yeah uh to be honest um i feel bad about this but i did not actually pay much attention to the story um (laughs) because i did it late and i was so focused on unlocking the map and the masteries uh that i i was kind of shuffling through it quite quickly i think also um because i was in the map uh working on stuff while i was also doing story i happened to get pulled into a uh into the drakkar meta before i did the final battle in the story so it felt a little lackluster i get not lackluster but it just felt yeah yeah yeah. it felt like kind of you know i've already fought drakkar um so however uh we reread the synopsis of the story uh tonight and that was helpful for me to remember all the different parts like oh yeah i remember that now i remember that Uh uh-huh and i feel like for a you know a mid season mid saga early episode early episode early season uh, episode it felt like it set up well um events for the next couple episodes so you know good good kind of cliffhangers mm-hmm. and interesting um storylines to follow so well yeah. done yeah for for me the story there were definitely some surprises in there i didn't expect the ending at all either one because there's kind of two endings and um the the super spoilery part for me that i'm going to talk about is i loved how they crafted growed up orine so much (laughs) and i also didn't i didn't one didn't expect to see her and absolutely adored the the way the artists portrayed her and her voice was amazing it was really beautiful it was just beautiful it was beautiful wipe a tear it was beautiful you may go on to that if you want (laughs) Okay. <laughs> I wasn't sure if you were introducing it or what. Yeah. Oh. Uh, so uh, next we're going to talk about gameplay. 
So uh, let's talk about masteries. There are four new mastery lines for, or not really new. There's four continuing mastery lines in this uh, in this episode. So first off, there's the Raven. Um, in the third tier of the mastery, we have Raven Flight, and this is where you have the ability to use the Raven Gates, and that's fun. Um, it adds a new way to travel around the map to get to secret areas. It's necessary in the Drakkar battle, in the map-wide Drakkar battle, battle to uh, use the gates to kill certain champions. Uh, so they're fun. They are uh, limited to the zone. So it's kind of a, you know, a, a zone-specific mastery at this point. I actually haven't checked to see if there are any in Grothmar. I don't think there are. Um, but it'll be interesting to see going forward if they add these two new zones. They did add new Raven Gates to the eastern half of Bajoran Marches. So even though we had mm. moved onto the, you know, we moved over to the other half of the map, they still added content back to the other half. And that goes for some other things like light puzzles. There were some light puzzles that traversed the entire map and took you back and forth oh. across it. So they didn't just limit um, content to one half of the map, which I thought was a little interesting. And that also reminds me that, you know, they added, um, so this actually gets into the next mastery, which is the essences. And when you uh, unlock the next tier in the essences, um, you unlock greater rewards um, and you unlock, I believe, better uh, special action um, item. And so this was another thing that they added again to both sides of the map where you could get larger chests, um, larger essence chests. And I, I mean... Who doesn't like more rewards? So it feels very rewarding. <laughs> it feels very good. But I would say that overall, um, my impression of the Essence Masteries is a little bit lackluster just because I feel like uh, it's kind of happenstance. Like I I will collect the red, green, blue. Is it too passive? Yes. So I'll collect the red, green, blue baubles um, automatically and then... If I get a special action key, if I've connect collected enough, it, you know, oh, great, I'll use that. But it's not something that I go seeking after unless I am doing something specific like the strike mission, um, in which case you just have something, you know, a, a pillar that you can wail on to get the get the essences and then use the special action. So it just I I'm the whole like rock, paper, scissor nature of it. I don't quite see. I think it would be. It's interesting because I think it would actually be a little more effective if you had to choose which essence you wanted to um, almost like feature, which, you know, which one you wanted to to go for um, at, a, at a single time. But then it also, I could imagine, would become also quite annoying if you yeah, could only use that one. somehow. Yeah, 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 yeah. So again, it was just kind of this weird, weird mastery that didn't really feel like. Is it maybe that I, you just I, haven't found the groove for it yet, though? I, I don't know about that. I mean, I think I've heard in a lot of places it's it. I don't know that it's it's really making that much of a difference in fights aside from your big your big, big fights like Drakkar or um, or the strike mission that you have a uh, special action key. So it's not like I'm going to go across the map and hunt down all of the aberrants so I can get red boosted up and then I'm going to go attack a red enemy. It just like that's not the way most people think. You just 
go across the map and you do what you want to do. I, I think that masteries are still this weird thing that this horizontal gameplay that is still a struggle, uh, this pattern of like unlock higher masteries and you'll get more rewards doesn't seem like the way masteries were originally designed. I think masteries were like the sky scale gives you I feel like the sky scale masteries are more like what was originally designed, where as you unlock more masteries, you get new features or you get new you know useful things that you can do but that's those Um, are rewards in a way though i guess but it it impacts your gameplay versus just like i can unlock i can get two extra greens when i unlock a chest you know just it's it's okay Uh, it's just not as yeah active uh, of a mastery um so again, it'll be interesting to see where we head next with masteries because right now we have four new masteries that were added in with episode one and all of them have four tiers done at this point. So I don't imagine there'll be more tiers, which means in the next episode, maybe we'll get some new masteries. Maybe. Maybe. Um, so I don't have Ravenflight done. I don't have all the ma- essence. I don't have any of the essences completely done. <laughs> Oh, wow. Wait, so you and, can't use the gates yet? No. And oh. I've never done the Drakkar meta. Oh, my gosh. I've, well, I've, to do fought, I've fought Drakkar once and it was in the story. <laughs> uh, I forgot to mention, too, uh, the strike mission, the new strike mission for uh, the western half of Adora Marches, I have not completed yet. I really, really want to do it. Um, I felt like I had gotten pretty comfortable with the... Um, like the voice in the claw and the other ones on the Eastern half of Adora marches. And mm-hmm. I liked those a lot. Um, but when I tried to do the strike missions this past week, I went on LFG several times and it almost, it felt like raids. I know that, I know that arena net said that their goal here was to step up each strike mission a little bit so that as you go through them, you're getting more and more prepared for raids, but it yeah. feels like there was a big jump between Eastern Bajora and Western Bajora. And effectively what happened is, you know, I'm going on to uh, LFG and I'm seeing very specific builds requested, people getting dropped, um, people, it's, you know, people battling strike missions and it's taking two plus hours and things like that. So it just felt, hmm. I don't know what's happening there. And it might just be that people are still figuring out the best mechanics and then it will all kind of, even out and it, it will become you know easier to do but right now it just feels a little bit disappointing that i can't just go on lfg and find a group and join them um and learn the mechanics that way it felt like i had to already be prepared are you does it do you think that a lot of the people that had been doing raids are also the people doing like the strike missions more so than just people who didn't typically raid or do you think that's just I don't know. I think it's definitely possible. Um, I, I, I don't think they're two separate groups. Um, I mean, we haven't had a new raid in quite a while, yeah. so this is it's this a is Venn diagram. There's yeah. overlap. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So uh, my review of the gameplay was I like I like the gameplay. <laughs> <laughs> I actually, so I really liked the gameplay, like with Kresha with the fire and and having to melt things, and like I liked. I like those little, I like the mechanics of how, see, I can mostly only talk about in the story. So. Right. That's fine. uh, Those parts I really, I really liked. It took me, 
a little bit like the fact that oh we have to beat up our friends and i was genuinely concerned that i might actually kill them like oh we're the people who destroy so one of the non you know the iconic npcs or something but thankfully we didn't so not yet and you remember in our prediction show we did talk about one of dragon's watch going down what if we're the one who takes (gasps) them down all right moving on to the map uh oh my god (laughs) i just read what you wrote and then i'm gonna have something oh no different So uh, I feel like the map is easy to navigate, and I like that. Oh, I'm reading yours now. (laughs) Um, So why I say it's easy to navigate is because when you um, log into the map, there's one waypoint for Western Bajor Marches, and it's right in the middle. And then pretty much moving out of that space, you can go north uh, to two of the shrines. You can go south to the eagle shrine if you go a little bit west there's a hole in the hole in the ice in the lake and that you just follow that down and that takes you to the drakar mastery so i have found it pretty easy to get around um especially with a however i will say easiest to get around with the sky scale if you don't have a sky scale and especially if you don't have a griffin it's probably more onerous and more vertical um but i don't experience that as much because i am using my sky scale um i i don't like the prevalence of the storm in the constant storm in the map especially uh when the storm meta fails uh i think it's wishful thinking that people are going to continuously do two long metas Mm. in the map so the storm can take you know 20 25 minutes and then Drakkar takes 30 minutes and they're you know they're somewhat back to back so that's a lot of time so there's gonna be you know people need breathers so there's gonna be a fair amount of time when you're in there when the metas are just getting ignored and that affects the map which is a little annoying so I don't know and also the Drakkar fight is a sponge so it's a 30 minute fight it's got a couple different uh mechanics a couple different uh, things that you, a couple different waves that you go through. Have you been um, in there since yesterday's patch, though? I have not. Did they adjust it? Yeah, we'll talk Ooh, about well, that further know. down. <laughs> good to know because I have I was not in last night, um, which is I hope they did make some changes because truly it was it was a sponge fight and it was just thwack 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 for thirty minutes. So I'm hoping they actually did do some good stuff there and. I, I think I don't think once the meta has or once the story has moved on that I'm going to come back to this map very much, um, which means I really want to get my uh, my meta done and get the uh, the shiver emote achievement mm-hmm. and uh, be ready to move on. Uh, so I wrote that this map gives me verdant brink <laughs> vibes, <laughs> but snowy, and I got lost a bunch of times <laughs> because. But it was okay because I was just leisurely exploring, and it's it it's that verticality, like trying to figure out what layer to be on, what layer to be on. And you are right, though, between Skyscale and Griffin, it does make it less tricky. But I was like, I almost it was almost Tangled Depths. It was between Verdant Brink and Tangled Depths. But I think because it's more there's less underground stuff. Like I mean, there's some, but not to the same extent. So I think. 
I think Verdant Brink is a nice analogy for the map mm. from my point of view. And uh, further spoilers, Eye of, Eye of the MF North. <laughs> it was such a pleasant. Now I could always go there because I had Hall of Monuments. Right. But it was still such a pleasant surprise to for them to bring back this this location and this asset that they built until now exclusively for Guild Wars 1 players who had enough, you know, who had the Hall of Monument set up before Guild Wars 2 launched. So you got to see where we, we had been. And I I was excited for you, even though I knew you weren't going to play for a little bit. I was excited for you to, to go to that location. Yeah, it was beautiful. And now I'm excited to get you through Eye of the North, the uh. game, so that you could actually experience it with other Guild Wars 1 players. <laughs> Someday. <laughs> Someday. But yeah, I I loved I loved uh the map. Uh, even even getting lost. I still really enjoyed I actually you know what? I don't think I've experienced the storms hardly at all. Really? Yeah. I wonder if you haven't been back much in the eastern half. I've had to go back to do the light puzzles and things like that. So Yeah, and I've done one light puzzle total. So <laughs> So there's that. <laughs> <laughs> we'll work on that. We'll work on that. All right. So final thoughts uh, for me. I definitely want to do the story again. The story is relatively short and uh, I forgot 90% of it. So and when there were we, some twists. Yeah. So when Alona and I were uh, pulling together the show, we were like, okay, we need to make some comments on the story. And I said, so... <laughs> what happened again and i felt really sheepish but uh so i want to play it again um and not be in such a rush and uh i think i think it'll be one of my this is one of the better patches i like it yeah uh my final thoughts are just uh two sentences Krisha is hella cool and banger is a poo poo pants i don't like him <laughs> at all controversial <laughs> controversial statement yes i might be might be a hard too hard of a stance to take here but but Krisha is a, an amazing character i really like her a lot yeah so back to the patch notes <laughs> so explore the hidden half of the deathly cold bajora marshes where you'll experience the new trials of coda map events with unique achievements and face the cunning insidious world boss Drakkar. And this is where we're bringing in the February 11th patch notes because they made some changes here as Dromag's influence continues to grow throughout the region. Drakkar and its minions grow more powerful. So some of the changes that have happened, Drakkar's damage output has been increased. Their, its defiance bar has been strengthened. Its health scaling has been decreased. And it's gained new abilities. And the spirit champions in the Drakkar encounter have had their health and damage outputs increased. So, hmm. and I, I did, Wooden Potatoes also put, put out a video about this and goes into it into more in depth. And he was explaining kind of what you were saying about how it was playing out before yesterday's patch, how there would be a lot of like smack, 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 and then you'd have to wait a bunch. Right. Because Drakkar would like go into the ice and you'd be like, doop, 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 doop. <laughs> And then you come back out and then you'd have to hit him a bunch again or hit a bunch again. So I, I don't know how I feel about this. There's a lot of increases here. So, well, he was, Wood Potatoes was saying that it actually makes for a faster meta. Okay. When all is said and done. Well, that's good then. Yeah. 
And uh, somewhat related, and this goes to what we were doing the one night when we were playing together, Grothmar Valley, three new Ice Brood Saga mastery points can now be obtained in this map. And we hadn't read the patch notes <laughs> at this point because we we didn't have a show to do that week, so we weren't too worried about it. And then uh, this is the January 28th one, and hashtags go in Grothmar, she was like, these masteries weren't here before. And I'm like, well, were they there before, but they were called Path of Fire. And now with the Icebird Saga, they've been renamed. <laughs> she was like, no, they weren't here. I'm like, well, I don't know. Oh, I don't have them either. So we went, we got two of the three of them. And as it turns out that uh, they were new, they were new. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So that was, uh, that was. Yeah, I will for- say mastery points uh, in this patch. So you need. Oof. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten, eleven, twelve, thirteen, fourteen, sixteen-ish. No, you can't need that many. Right? Counting with hashtag. I don't. I don't. You need a lot uh, to finish all the masteries, and uh, they're a little stingy with the mastery points. So other, I feel like Poth and Heart of Thrones. It also might be that there's Heart just of more Thrones? zones and more Heart of Wow, Heart of Thorns. <laughs> um there's more places to get mastery points uh and right now there's only a couple places to get mastery points for icebird so it it's harder to get all the mastery points that you need you actually have to put more effort to it and mm-hmm. i found that there were a couple times when i was when i had leveled up a mastery uh and i did not have the mastery point yet uh to unlock the next part and i had to like waste some experience which is the worst feeling in the world while you're waiting to get an experience point before you can unlock the next the next uh bar hmm. and moving on quickly because man are we really moving through these notes <laughs> we're on page three of 15 <laughs> um so uh general changes the looking for group tab now includes a guild plaza category to help players find new guilds and guild members that's the looking wonderful for... i know i uh i haven't checked this out yet have you i haven't looked at it but it did come in handy with a letter that we got so. perfect <laughs> but yeah no i was super excited about that the looking for group tabs role-playing section has been renamed role-playing what was it before? Role play versus role playing. They've added an ing. Mm, all right. It's Fountain of Rurikton category has been renamed role play party and a new category has been added for role play squad. Okay. So a little bit more clarity around uh, how to navigate that section, which which is good. The I have another word that they could have used for squad, but it's not safe for work. Safe for work. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah (laughs) the living world and expansion categories of the lfg tab are now sorted so that the newest content appears at the top instead of the oldest that's a that's a nice quality of life update Mm -hmm. and the last member to leave a guild will get an additional confirmation dialogue box that warns the player of the deletion of the guild And, and its it, assets. And its assets. That's the big one, that's right? That's the key part. That's yeah. the key Don't part right there. Don't lose all the gold. Do yeah. Not. Did you want me to do this one? Oh no, sorry. I was okay. I was looking to see what Festy had said in chat. All right. Um, moving on. 
to new rewards from the release page, unlock Raven Ceremonial Armor, traditionally worn by Norn Raven Shamans, and upgrade your restored boreal weapons into illuminated boreal weapons. Complete story achievements and trade with locals to earn min minis, guild hall decorations, a new slash shiver emote, and more. So the slash shiver emote, that's the um that's what we were talking about before. That is the reward for completing the 37 meta achievements. Which is the have you seen it yet? I'm really curious no. about it. Yeah, I haven't seen it either. I, I have not. It it seems like uh, you know, there's a there's a lot to do to get it. So I haven't <laughs> I haven't seen uh anyone yet who has completed it or is showing it off. Um the illuminated boreal weapons right now are a bit of a uh, frustration point for many people in the community because they are so expensive so expensive so expensive to complete so uh if you're like many of us you probably have a bunch of space taken up in your bank or in a bag slot with boreal weapon skins waiting to figure out what to do because right now it is it's just way too much yeah. gold well and then for... there were people that had salvaged their the upgraded boreal weapons and then realized they needed them for the or the restored ones and they needed them yeah. for the illuminated so then they had to add a they added an npc to be able to get them back i think yeah yeah and i got rid of a couple yeah, yeah. accidentally and I, I think that happened to zero in the guild like he, he was like oh <laughs> this is this is a problem and we were talking about it and i was actually thinking like we there should be a like it would be cool if you could still salvage things like these that are constantly upgradable so if i wanted to salvage my boreal weapons i could my restored ones and if you got one of the things that you could salvage out of it if it was like an item that could be you could either use the the weapon or you could use this item to in the upgrade recipe but that item is stackable yeah, it also seems like it's possible to That'd build an awesome. achievement around it. So you, uh, I mean, I know there's the regular achievements here, but a way to be like, you have your trophy marker that like lets you know that you got the first part and then you can get rid of that um, that placeholder. Yeah. And then whenever you're ready for the next step, it will have unlocked the ability to craft the the next part. And then you are rewarded with the new weapon. Oh, that would work too. Yeah. 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 So a couple of different ways that bag space could be saved especially <laughs> when things are so freaking expensive yeah and but i was thinking you know it's kind of well it, there are other weapons that are really really expensive in the game that no one really even talks about like in ember bay the circus weapons like you have to like do the dailies a bazillion times the one sorry the one heart sorry a billion times to get yeah. the tickets but even then there are lots and lots of gold per item that's true. And that is true. No one really talks about that one. And I kind of love I, those weapons. So. Uh, well, I kind of wonder if it's partly because um, with this, with the circus ones, remind me if I'm wrong, but uh, the it's not a two tiered weapon upgrade. No. Right? Yeah. You so don't not, have I that think investment. The difference here is that everybody is sitting around with already having bought a bunch of stuff. True. Yeah. So. All right. Yeah. So that was that was kind of the the very expurgated is that the right word patch expedited. notes were expedited expedited expedited, expedited. It's the abbreviated <laughs> patch notes <laughs> <laughs> and we're moving on to there was a message on the official forums from Andrew Gray and they write on February third they write hey everybody my name is Andrew Gay 
Gray. I took over as content design lead a few months back, and I want to talk a bit about last year, this year, and what's on the horizon for Guild Wars 2. So this is like the second type of message we've gotten from the studio in a while, like in a, in a fairly short period of time, which is kind of great, right? Like there was the a year ahead one at the end of last year, and now there's this one, right. and it's like only February. First, 2019 was hard. I've been with ArenaNet since 2004, and I can say without question that 2019 was the studio's most challenging. Many of the people who left in 2019 were not involved in the day-to-day development of Guild Wars 2. That much is true. But they were our friends, colleagues, and in some cases, literally family. All the teams were affected by saying goodbye to so many colleagues. I'm proud of what we were able to ship under the circumstances, but we also understand the legacy we are trying to carry forward with Guild Wars 2. Rather than slip into status quo, we are all determined to create an even better game fo- game moving forward. We've got our footing and we and have exciting plans for the future of Guild Wars 2. I can't talk about what I'm most excited about yet, but I can tell you 2020 is laying the groundwork for an exciting future. And here are some highlights. Living World, between episodes two and three, we already mentioned we'll be releasing a special new type of content called Visions of the Past. We'll have more details on that at PAX East. I can't go into a ton of details on episodes three and four because, you know, spoilers, but I can tell you the map is meta-focused with a push and pull feel similar to World vs. World in a PvE settings, and I have no idea how that's going to feel like hashtag no idea no idea we want maps this season to bring something to them that makes them a permanent part of your play experience that's why the culmination of bajora marches is a world boss and we're striving for high replayability for the episodes three and four map we want it to be a unique fun and rewarding experience that will be a part of your daily slash weekly play cycle After episode four, again, I'm going to be somewhat vague here, but we want to revisit some of the types of content we pioneered in the past. We learned a lot with Living World Season 1, and one thing it did very well was bring the community into the story and make their actions drive the plot forward. The Nightmare Tower, the election between Evan Nashblade and Ellen Keel. I love that, by the way. I still have tokens. These are these things are memorable experiences because the community's combined efforts had an impact on the world. As you may have noticed, we've been testing tech with things like the Boss Rush event that we hope to leverage later on in the Icebrood Saga to create, create a unique community experience. But learning lessons from Season 1, the bulk of this content will be built in a way that it is still playable after the Icebrood Ice Saga comes to a close. Generally, as a team, we are placing a greater emphasis on repeatable content, open world events, world bosses, world versus world, and yes, even fractals, hint, hint. We want to make the types of content that have a lasting positive impact on the game. So expect that design approach to focus on that more going forward. And on the topic of fractals, reports of their death have been greatly exaggerated. So good. (laughs) Though I apologize that our silence on the topic raised that concern. I am personally committed to fractals and see them as an area that deserves more focus and attention going forward. I'm happy to announce that Cameron Rich, who worked on fractals during season three, will be taking the reins on a new fractal as he rolls off his current duties. This fractal will feature a challenge mode. Beyond that, I'm working with the systems design team on more plans to keep fractals fresh and exciting. I'm excited. And when everything is ready to share, we'll have more details. 
Raids. Cautiously optimistic. Raids. Raids are a trickier beast. They're a unique experience and community that we want to find better ways to support. The biggest challenge in creating more is the small audience they attract. We gathered data to determine why, and the most common answer was there was a giant leap in difficulty between raids and other endgame content, and there isn't anything to help players work their way up. Our intention was for strike missions to be that intermediary step into 10-person content. As we've mentioned before, and you've likely noticed, strike missions are getting harder. Once a full suite of strike missions is complete, there should be a graceful ramp up to the existing raid content rather than the imposing leap that previously existed. And our hope is that our hope is once that ramp is in place, the number of players participating in raids will go up. In addition to that, we're striving to make improvements to strike missions themselves to make grouping easier and to improve the rewards. We hope this will help introduce more people to 10-person content, which will in turn increase the number of people interested in raids. Regardless of if that succeeds or not, we understand the importance of balancing our efforts between accessible content with broad appeal and content that appeals to the more hardcore audience and recognize that we need to do a better job of supporting the latter. I'm excited for what's coming next. There's going to be more news coming out throughout this year that will make it pretty kitten clear why why but in the meantime we're incredibly grateful for all your constructive feedback and continued support of the game so that was a really great uh forum post yeah i think it was it hit the right notes as far as uh here's what we're up to Mm -hmm. um i think people are still a little gun shy of posts that say that don't have specific dates attached to them because we're working on this we'll get you more details we're coming out with more information could be one month or one year and but i think it's a step in the right direction i like the amount of detail that's included in this post yeah you know and i understand that like people want dates i'm not too fussy about dates but that's like i'm probably in the minority here on that one (laughs) (laughs) all right moving on to the next item which is swiss tournaments are coming this is hot off the press today today we that that's what we are known for <laughs> current information swiss tournaments have progressed enough that we need your help with the next phases on february 13th at noon pacific time that is tomorrow so it'll be before you hear this podcast if you're not in chat right now um <laughs> we'll be running the first experimental swiss tournament While we've made every effort to have a solid system, testing internally and testing in a live environment with thousands of players are very different. There is a high chance that this tournament will experience bugs. This could result in the tournament being canceled while in progress or tournament rewards not being distributed. Additionally, some UI elements will not be finished by the time this test runs. We'll set up a thread for feedback on the official Guild Wars 2 forums when the tournament goes live. It's essentially a beta. Yeah. Yeah. So... What is Swiss? Swiss is a system in which the number of rounds is based on the number of teams participating. You will not be removed from the tournament after losing in a Swiss round. In each round, each team plays a team with the same record if possible. All teams will play all the Swiss rounds until they get a buy. Unless they get- oh, Sorry, unless. Totally different. <laughs> unless they get a buy. <laughs> How does Swiss work with the automated tournament system? Once the system launches, tournaments will start off in Swiss rounds. Once those rounds are finished, 
will take the top teams in Swiss standings into a single elimination tournament. From here, the tournament will proceed under the current system. So what are the benefits of Swiss tournaments over the old system? Teams will have more opportunities to play together and will not need to wait hours for a tournament only to potentially be disqualified in the first round. This means players will get more chances to practice and improve. And additionally, we'll use the Swiss standings to seed the single elimination portion of the tournament. This is a much more accurate way to seed and should result in more competitive matches in the later rounds of the tournament. Will rewards change for Swiss tournaments? We don't currently have any plans to change final tournament rewards. However, we'll increase the gold awarded for winning automated tournament matches. This ensures that the rewards always scale along with the tournament size, hmm. and it makes the tournament more of a value than playing unranked or ranked if you're winning. That's interesting. Yeah. So I understand all of the words individually. I'm still unsure how this actually works. <laughs> so essentially but- the way I'm the way I'm kind of thinking about it is like let's say we had 10 teams each team plays every other team so you'd have nine matches and And they're all fairly equally matched yeah and then when you're done with that then you would move on to uh you would kind of get seated and then you would move on to a regular tournament style uh like a bracketed tournament so it means that you get more uh more time to play other teams more time to get practice um, and it allows you the ability to recover from a bad match. Okay. All right. That makes, that makes good sense. Thank you. Hashtag. Yeah. Thank you. So a couple, well, a couple weeks back last week, <laughs> time has lost all meaning. Who knows? <laughs> there was also in the official foreman, foreman's, the official forums, <laughs> balance patch previews of global PVP and world versus world. There was a lot there. We're not going to go. We're not going to go into great detail here uh, for the global one. I also wanted to have a quick note that again, for the most part, we're not getting to nitty gritty here. Wind Potatoes and Boots put out a huge four-part video series where they gritty the nitty until the cows come home. So <laughs> they break it down with part one is overview and general changes. Part two is light armored professions. Three is medium armored professions and four is heavy armored professions so we're just kind of high leveling this so for general this one i thought was interesting uh, and this one is all pve or global no this one's global for the auras aura aura effects have been updated to be larger and more noticeable the previous aura aura effects are now used for auras on allies and for all characters viewed by pvp spectators when the effect lod option is checked in the graphic settings buff icons used for auras have been updated for consistency this one i thought was interesting because there was a couple it was several years ago now but auras used to be ginormous oh yeah and then they went they went like nope And they're like, nope, they're little tiny curves around you. And that is it. And now they're like, oh, you know what? Maybe we do need to make them more noticeable. Yeah. Unblockable effects, skills, and traits, which grant the unblockable status, now use a unified buff. This buff is intensity stacking and stacks are lost whenever attacks hit or miss. Single strikes, which hit multiple foes, only consume one stack Skills which grant the unblockable status for a duration have been updated to use number of hits instead. So that sounds like a pretty big change to unblockable. And then 
downed allied players and defeated allied players icons on the minimap have been updated and are also displayed above the characters in the world. So that's really interesting. Because I remember we'd be playing and we're like, I'm down. Where are you down? Over here. Well, over here means nothing to me. You're a voice over the internet. Yep. <laughs> so this will be great. Yeah. And so for the profession skills, we're just going to read their their overarching themes what they're expecting for elementalists summoned elementals offer a unique gameplay option for elementalists that want to fight alongside an ally but their short duration means that they can die frequently during fights we have increased their summoned duration but we don't want to make them last indefinitely like necromancer minions as we feel part of the identity of glyphs is being able to switch attunements to have different options available Additionally, we felt that the lesser elemental summoning glyph didn't feel distinct enough from the elite glyph since the elite elementals had the same skills as the lesser elementals. To better distinguish the two glyphs, the command skill for lesser elementals is no longer present, which allows for multiple lesser elementals to be summoned at once. So that's that sounds good. I don't play elementals enough to know. <laughs> <laughs> Moving on to the engineer, the explosive line for engineer is seeing some major changes in this update. We are removing several traits which had weak or lackluster effects, such as Minesweeper, Orbital Command, and Blasting Zone, and reorganizing functionality from others like Short Fuse and Big Boomer to be more unified. The Evasive Powder Keg trait has been removed and replaced with Explosive Entrance, which similarly adds damage after a dodge roll but does so in a more controlled controlled and modifiable way. Finally, we are updating grenade skills for better clarity in competitive modes where it can be a hard where it can be hard to tell the difference between the different grenades during the cast time. Hmm. Then for guardian, dragon hunters are solid damage dealers, but there were a couple spots that needed some tuning. Deflecting shot in particular had a very short cast time and became crowd control when traded with heavy light. We've rolled the crowd control into the skill itself yeah. and increased its cast time to ensure that it feels reasonable for its effort, for its effect. Sorry. Several traits have also been improved for ease of understanding, like dulled senses affecting any foe you crowd control, not simply those you knock back. A couple of particularly unused traits in the core virtue specialization have been retired and replaced with fresh options. Bum, bum, bum. For Mesmer, in this update, we are making some changes to the Greatsword and Domination trait line in order to provide a more reliable baseline ranged damage build for Mesmer. We are removing the Confounding Suggestions trait, <laughs> which has been problematic to balance in the past due to its power level and adding in a new trait, Vicious Expression, which plays better with the Domination line's boon removal. Finally, we are changing the Mirage Elusive Mind to no longer break stuns as we feel that the necessity of including exhaustion as a balancing factor has made it too binary as a choice. So there's not a lot of words here. I will say this is actually a lot of changes <laughs> for Mesmer. I can speak to Mesmer. This is a lot of changes coming up for this this profession here. Is it changes? Are, are they changes that affect your core gameplay or is it just little things yes i use confounding suggestions like i like that i like that one a lot so i'd need to get in and see how and i use greatsword currently so mm, need to. so i'm excited about that part but we'll see may need to swap around a little bit maybe necromancer necromancer has always been designed to be a resilient profession that was light on stability since this update specifically is removing some stability from their traits 
We made sure to buff their stun break skills appropriately in response. Additionally, we fixed a few issues with minion responsiveness and buffed a few of the weaker minion command skills. Doesn't affect me too much. I don't play with minions that often, um, and I haven't really checked out the stability features yet. So we'll see. Yeah. And now we're in for the largest part, uh, Ranger. <laughs> Which, which is a single sentence slash sarcasm <laughs> it's a single sentence soul beasts long standing without a trade-off are now receiving theirs they lose combat access to a second pet and must choose carefully which pet they are going to be bonded with in battle battle that's a huge shift kind of sad but it's a big it's a big one it's a big one Revenant. Revenants are seeing a large number of changes in this update. In addition to reworks of both the Devastation and Corruption trait lines, we have also revisited several of their skills. Precision Strike has been reworked as an actual melee attack, as we we felt it didn't really make sense for it to be a projectile skill. We have, however, kept its emphasis on single target damage if you can isolate a foe. Confusion has been removed from various Revenant skills as they didn't really have any meaningful ways to take advantage of it. And instead, we've replaced them with the Torment, with Torment, which can be used in a more cohesive character build. That's interesting. Mm-hmm. Moving on to Thief. Thief Pistol has been updated to better smooth its gameplay and its associated trait and harpoon guns. Ankle Shots has been replaced with a new trait, Deadly Aim, which causes attacks from those weapons to pierce, allowing for strategic movement and positioning relative to your foes. That's interesting. Warrior's Rifle has been somewhat lackluster in its gameplay feel, so we're updating it to create some rotations by giving its two two to four skills ammunition. Shorter cooldowns between uses, yay, and slightly longer cooldowns to recover shots, plus successfully using rifle butt will allow the rapid recovery of the ammunition for those skills. Warrior Hammer has a pretty good gameplay cadence, so we're pushing a little bit further on what it does well, hurting crowd-controlled enemies. Its iconic second skill, Fierce Blow, now does significantly greater damage to disabled foes, and Backbreaker will automatically recharge Fierce Blow for immediate use when you successfully knock down an enemy. That's cool. That'll be really neat. Yeah, see how that works out. So moving on to uh, the balance patch preview for PvP and WW. This came out at the end of January, so it's not live yet. It's just a preview of things to come. So future balance cadence. This patch is unusual in that it's more about establishing a new paradigm than it is a regular balance update. And the result is a giant set of changes. Moving forward with competitive balance, we want to make smaller adjustments more often. The specific cadence for balance will always depend on our overall release schedule, but ideally it will be closer to every four to six weeks while still having the opportunity to make minor tweaks outside of the regular balance update. The goal here is to have better flexibility to fix problems in a timely manner. So for PvP and WW, for this initial update, the bulk of the splits are being applied to both PvP and WW because the underlying ideas are applicable in both modes. The end result is going to be radically different and moving forward, we will be doing more separation and targeted adjustments on a per mode basis, which I think is is good because they are, they are different. Yeah. For damage for this update, we're targeting a 2.0 power coefficient as the new baseline for big damage skills. These are the skills like ev- eviscerate, 
skills that exist to deal a large amount of damage and not do much else. Skills that provide more and more value in other aspects like CC, sustain, mobility, defense, etc. will have lower power coefficients. In some cases, we've pared down the secondary value and in others, we've shaved the damage. It really comes down to what the desired purpose of the skill is and as such how much of the skill's power budget should be spent on damage. The 2.0 is not a hard cap, just the general top end for a single hit, high damage abilities. You know what I, you keep- know I heard that entire thing? Yeah, yeah pretty much. <laughs> One thing to keep in mind with damage calculation is the oh difference my God, it in keeps weapons going on. strike. For example, a 2.0 coefficient. Oh gosh, a 2.0 coefficient with an axe is approximately equivalent to a 1.82 coefficient with a hammer, due to the hammer's higher weapon strength. With a Marauder amulet and no outside modifiers, a 2.0 coefficient with a one-handed weapon equates to about a 3.9k crit against a light armor target. Our goal here is that players should need to invest in damage traits, slot offensive utility skills, and sequence abilities around might and vulnerability stacks in order to achieve significant damage numbers. I just want to take a second here. That part I understood. This, what strikes me here is, especially as they split PvP and WW, and they continue tweaking these things, it's, so now you've got raids, PvE, PvP and WW, four separate builds that it's not only just like separate builds, but you actually have to understand the nuances. It's a lot to keep track of. This is a lot of math. And it's a lot uh-huh. for them to actually stay on top of too. Like I, I know with the Guild Wars 1, the sheer number of skills and having to balance them became tricky Yeah, for, for people to have to do. So yeah. Condition damage reductions are a bit less mathy. <gasps> but we're continuing to push conditions towards less burst potential by reducing the number of stacks and extending duration where it makes sense. Some of this is handled on the skill level, and we're also making heavy reductions to traits that apply conditions on hit, on crit, or on other conditions being applied. But duration doesn't really... When Correct me if I'm wrong, which I probably am, but in PvP and World versus World... Duration isn't as big of a thing because there's you're usually playing with people who will have boon removal or 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 not boon removal um, condition removal. Right. So it's the the chance of you being able to actually impact damage over time is less. Yeah. So I'm yeah. I'm curious how this will play out because that was always my understanding. Like duration. Bleh. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I don't know. Uh, as far as cooldowns and durations that should be a title by the way (laughs) yeah we want cooldowns to be felt longer cooldowns promote more calculated usage of skills if skills are used poorly it should create an opportunity for the enemy to push to their advantage shorter duration of high impact buffs have a similar effect skillful timing is going to be rewarded and poor usage is going to be exploitable by enemies in some cases it's still going to make sense to have a longer duration attached to a longer cooldown but most of the time we're looking at shorter duration for things like stability, protection, quickness, high might stacks, among others. And finally. And finally, sustain. Raw healing is always going to be closely tied to damage. As damage comes down, healing needs to be reduced as well. As mentioned above, we want to make, we want to see more opportunity between cooldowns to push through damage, so we're primarily targeting skills and traits with lower cooldowns or constantly pulsing heals. As far as instant skills and passive traits... Counterplay is important. Skills that have a major impact on an enemy player should allow that player 
the opportunity to react, which means that we want to avoid instant skills that do a large amount of damage or hard CC. In general, this means that instant skills are going to deal less damage or focus on more focus more on a secondary effect when applicable. Traits that are fi- traits that fire instant skills or that trigger an offensive effect under easy to fulfill conditions like on hit, on crit, mid high health threshold, etc received similar considerations. We've also done a pass on traits that provide automatic defensive triggers, traits that negate incoming CC or grant hard damage migration. Mitigation. Migration. (laughs) Migration. (laughs) Are getting large cooldown increases. Lesser defensive procs, protection on CC, auto condition cleanse, etc. are also receiving longer cooldowns or reduced effectiveness, though not as extreme. We want to promote more active gameplay, and this update is a good opportunity to make heavier adjustments to these passive traits. So all in all, a, a lot. complete overhaul, <laughs> a lot going on, a lot of math, a lot of uh, back to the build drawing board. Mm-hmm. And it'll be interesting to see uh, what new builds come out of this. Yeah, I. it was very mathy. <laughs> <laughs> the other thing is, uh, so they, they're talking about the cadence being more often, so every month to six weeks updating things, which means that, um, so like Meta Battle or other other build creation sites often rely on a lot of crowdsourcing to, uh, to rank different builds. And it seems like by the time you'd finally feel like, okay, yeah, this one's right, then a new tweak is happening. So that it's going to be a lot of very uh, nimble adjustments that will need to be made to builds. Yeah. Yeah. They're, they're doing, they're doing a lot. I don't know about you, but I already kind of find that there's been enough changes and updates that I'm finding it hard to get a handle of how to play my character. Like even, even my main mesmer. So, yeah, I feel like I, uh, some of the last couple balance patches, I've just kind of read a little bit through my fingers, like, well, I guess I'll sort of figure it out. Um, but it just seems like you don't want to get too invested in a certain gameplay style because next you know, <laughs> your muscle memory will be thrown out the window and you have to try something new. Yep, it'll be borked. <laughs> you know, yep. You'll have to go again. Moving on, Guild Wars 2 Friendships 2020. We talked about or touched on this a little bit earlier. For the third anniversary of Friendships, we're partnering with Seize the Awkward to help encourage friends to reach out and start the conversation about mental health, particularly if a friend is struggling or going through a tough time. Seize the Awkward is a national campaign created by the Ad Council, the Jed Foundation, and the American Foundation for Suicide Prevention to help promote mental health awareness and suicide prevention. Since ni- since 76% of young adults turn to a peer in a time of crisis, Seize the Awkward encourages young adults to check in with a friend who might be struggling and start a conversation around mental health. You can share your story as a text post, include screenshots, or even capture it on video. It's up to you. Tag your stories with hashtag GW2Friendships and hashtag SeizeTheAwkward on YouTube, Twitter, Instagram, or Facebook, and we'll collect them on a special page on the official Guild Wars 2 website for the whole community to read. If you're using Facebook, please share your story as a new post on our official Facebook page and not as a reply to any of our posts. We don't want to miss it. To learn more about the campaign and explore resources 
that can help start a conversation with a peer about mental health, visit seizetheawkward.org and at seizetheawkward on Instagram. To get immediate free support 24-7, you can call 1-800-273-8254 or text SEAS to 741-741. Now, sorry. I I was just going to say, I have a couple of questions about this. Um, So last year, uh, they... They ran a campaign with uh, Gilder's Two Friendships and they asked people to post stories and pictures and videos and things like that. And they used them in some marketing things. And it was all about um, in between like about guilds themselves. Right. Yeah. And what I'm trying to understand here is, are they asking for stories that are related to uh, to this theme? Because that seems like could be a little challenging for people to feel comfortable maybe sharing some of that personal information about like you know mental health or 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 something of a little bit more personal in nature so i'm just wondering what what stories they're looking for there uh i'm not 100 percent sure to be perfectly honest i there are more details i think like if you if you follow through you know or or the official like rules and regulations that i'm going to be mentioning next (laughs) but but yeah i don't i'm like when it was how did you what sort of friendships have you forged through the game and how they strengthen you versus this one i think this is a very interesting partnership they've done and i do like the partnership yeah yeah and i and i want i i want to see it succeed because i i like what they're trying to do with it Mm -hmm. but i agree i'm not 100 percent sure like if people are going to feel comfortable contributing do you know what I mean? Right. It does look so I'm scrolling through some of the stories on uh gilders2.com slash friendships. And uh it looks like a lot of the posts so far have been um from the perspective of the person who uh was struggling with something and or struggling with uh some social anxieties or things like that and how how the game helped them work through that. So I think nice. in that case, you're making you're making the choice yourself to share your story, which I think is a great thing. And that's an important distinction too. Yeah. There is a friends in for friends forever interior contest, your own NPC, add the hashtag GW2 giveaway hashtag to your story as well. And your qualifying post will be entered in our sweepstakes. We've got great prizes to give away. 20 winners will receive 800 gems. Five winners will mm-hmm. receive a custom art commission from our creative partners and for one grand prize winner, we'll create an open world in-game characters inspired by you and your friend. Not well, Anne. Lana, you've already got you've already got an in-game character, so <laughs> that's true. I do. I was actually just thinking about how crazy that was the other day. Like, hmm, this is this is a thing. But this is I think this is a really wonderful grand I prize. It. I think it's really great. You know, people it it's having a mark in the game that you love mm-hmm. is such a great prize and you and your friend sharing it together exactly it's just lovely so for more details there is an official rules and regulation page on uh, guild wars 2 for that and finally again you touched on this in our what we did in game <laughs> show your support for guild wars 2 log into guild wars 2 throughout the month of february and pick up your free Seize the Awkward clothing outfit from the Black Line Trading Company. Where to show your support. It's pretty cool. Actually, I really like their their um, logo, branding. Yeah, it's it's really great. Yeah. So Alona and I put on our outfits together. Yes. 
And we had our ha- and our orines and our outfit, and we were tooted around. We may have spent 15 minutes playing with dye channels. <laughs> it wasn't that long, but yes, we did spend a long time playing with, with dye channels. So, of course. All right, moving on to default mail carrier. This week, we have a, a few, just a few default mail carrier messages. Three. From we have listeners. three. We have three. <laughs> we have all the messages this week. It was so, so exciting. Yep. So first up, a chair to murder for. <laughs> Hi, hashtag and Alona. I'm new to GW2, only been here a week or so, but I am living the dream. PvP on a totally equal footing. Wow, can go suck an egg. <laughs> Controversial. <laughs> and the greatest MMO war ever. I ran, ironically, even better than war. I boosted my warrior up to 80 once I hit level 10 on several professions when I decided he was the one for me. Now I'm power leveling my crafting through gems to gold for ascended gear and WW and basically just had a blast killing people in SPVP and WW. As you can tell, we share practically no common ground in our method of playing the game. I love this. I am clueless about what you guys are up to. I hear a lot about hairstyles, dying. Really? <laughs> Not dying, dying as in D Y E I N G. Plaid. <laughs> Festival dailies and jumping puzzles. How brilliant that this game can bring such diverse people together into a single game. It's fun listening to you guys while I put my daughters to sleep. I've listened to 10 episodes in a week. Whew. Dedication. I, as all of us should, only have one topic I want to discuss Inquest Overseer Chair and glider i saw it was released in july and came back in october for a week how often do things like this come back into the gem store is there any other way for me to get this some unclaimed unsent gift or anything i would wait up to my waist and murder for these so much murder i would murder everyone in game <laughs> alternatively i'd say nice words to anyone for helping me get this if possible that chair is so majestic the perfect place to rest and peacock in after some good old pvp love the show not that i understand anything anything that's happening uh, it, it, i feel like neither do we <laughs> uh keep up the great work uh so uh this is from warpon at seafarers rest yeah and actually i they had sent this like the day after the last show so i messaged mm-hmm. them back right away because i didn't want them to have to wait two slash or three slash four weeks so I said, uh, how often items return to the gem store seem pretty random, which is a terrible answer to your question. Uh, you know what would be a great feature, though? If you could ask to be notified when an item you're interested in is available again. And like, so like, if because a lot of times you're already getting emails. If you could say, I want to be notified when an item I'm interested in is back in the gem store, you can get an email that says, hey, this item you wanted is available. That would be a nice feature. Yeah. Uh, Somewhat related, though, the January 28th patch added a notification glow to the Black Lion icon on the UI. And when you mouse over it, a wee pop-up will tell you if you have items or gold to pick up. And it's nice and I like it. It's not really related to what they were saying. And actually, but it's still a nice thing to point out. Yeah. yeah. And I don't have it here, but they messaged, emailed back saying that the chair came back in game and they were able to get it. 
So, Woo. so you know, it's a feel-good story. win-win, yeah. Newbie! Hello, my name is David. I recently just downloaded Guild Wars 2. I was a big Guild Wars 1 player, but switched to WoW. But I have returned to the light and caught Guild Wars 2. I would like to ask you if you know any guilds or people who take noobs under their wing. Also, I discovered your podcast a few days ago. I love it. Uh, but I look forward to hearing back for you from you. And I said, hey, David, as luck would have it, Anet added a feature for finding a guild. And we talked about that further up in the show with the looking for group tab that now includes a guild plaza category to help players find new guilds and guild members. So huzzah. And we actually had a really nice back and forth. Uh, they they mentioned some of the stuff they really like about the game. And uh, it was it was nice. Uh, nice chat. Yeah. Yeah. Love it. Love mail. Mail is so much fun. Mm-hmm. All right. And then finally, Fresh Entertainment Informative. Hi, hashtag and Alona. Recently jumped back into Guild Wars 2 after it has remained dormant computer since release six years ago. It happens. My surprise. I've been having a lot of fun. Due to being completely over my head in terms of actually knowing what I'm doing, I've been looking around for various sources and communities to supplement my game time. Enter Host of Ascalon. I am glad that this podcast exists <laughs> and is alive and well, given the age of the game. And it is so fresh to have some women kicking out some killer content in the gaming sphere. Anyways, just a quick note to say you have another fan and regular listener. Good luck, Interia. Kind regards, Josh. Aww, that's awesome. You're having a good time in game and like us and took the time to write us that. <laughs> we really appreciate notes like this. It just kind of lifts us up and I love it. I may screen cap them and send them to hashtag Woo-hoo. when they come in. Fun times. And moving on, we actually have a Toast of Ascalon as well this time. We like to take note of artwork, community events, fan creations, and other notable Guild Wars 2 happenings and propose a toast to their existence in a little spotlight we call the Toasts of Ascalon. And I wanted to call out, um, I know I mentioned Boots with their uh, combo with Women Potatoes for the balance balance preview, but Boots on their channel, uh, World of Enders, put out a video on a basic guide to combos and I'll just read what their their video description is. I know it's weird, but I've been meaning to do a guide video to combos for a very long time. You might be surprised at how many people I run into that know very little about them. And that's okay, considering it's not something that's explained really well in game. Hopefully people will get some use out of this video because combos are an aspect of Guild Wars 2 that I kind of love. Also, if the numbers on the combo effects don't get updated with the new balance patch, they might end up even being more useful than they are now. And I'm really glad that Boots created this video. It's not crazy long either. That's the thing. Like it's it's fairly short. I think it's like 15 minutes, if I'm remembering correctly. I could be wrong. Mm-hmm. And I'm with him on this. I think combos are wonderful. I they're one of my favorite things about Guild Wars 2. Way back in Guild Wars Reporter days, I had a fairly lengthy uh, segment where I talk about combos and what everything means. Yep. And yep. I I was actually thinking about dredging it up and and using it here. And I might still do that. But, but until that happens, there is a video that you can watch that Boots per put out. So Woo-hoo. huzzah! And, huzzah, huzzah. And I love it. All right, folks. Whew. That is it. That is the show so to get in touch with us you can contact me hashtag on twitter at hash the tag that's h-a-a-s-h-t-h-e-t-a-g 
or SIG, S-I-G-G, dot one seven three five in game. You can engage Alona at one big pair or in game at one big pair dot one two four nine. And as mentioned at the top of the show, you message both of us at once, sort of, at hostofaskalon at gmail.com. What do you mean by or that hashtag? At, or, or on Twitter at hostofaskalon. Using your trusty tweeter machine, you can subscribe to Host of Ascalon on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, or Stitcher. Or you can hop over to our website, hostofaskalon.com, to either listen directly or nab the RSS to your preferred preferred preferred. preferred. <laughs> preferred podcast app and don't forget we live stream the show at twitch.tv slash host of Ascalon every third wednesday or so at 9 p.m eastern our next live twitch show should be march 4th <laughs> like that's fair we should change that good show alona thank you to our twitch squad for coming out to the live show to them and to everyone listening owl's memory be with you Thank you.